to read with you this morning two passages of scripture. We're going to go first to the Old Testament book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 5 and verse 12. And then we're going to read out of the gospel of Luke. Luke's gospel chapter 8 and verse 40. We're talking this month about, uh, as we prepare for Christmas, the topic, Give Me Jesus. How many of you want Jesus? How many of you want more of Jesus? How many of you can't get enough of Jesus? When someone asks you this year, what do you want for Christmas? Just tell them, give me Jesus. Jesus can make up for all the things that have been lacking in your life. And he is the gift that God has given to us. We remember his coming at Christmas. We celebrate his birth. And we realize that God gave us an indescribable gift, as the Apostle Paul writes. And so this morning, as we continue along that line, I want you to read with me Numbers chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. That the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the sons of Israel that they should send away from the camp every leper and everyone having a discharge and anyone who is unclean because of the dead. And then Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy fell from him. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you this morning for the extraordinary joy we sense in your presence. We thank you for the hope that we have that you will not let us fall. And we pray today as we come to your word that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation that we might hear the word and receive it as seed sown into the fertile soil of our hearts. We ask that in Jesus' name and the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The law of God given to Moses was so exact and so precise in its requirements that it contained more than 600 individual commandments that God gave to the nation of Israel. Uh, you all have heard of the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments are only the first ten of more than 600 laws that God gave to the nation of Israel. And in those laws, he prescribed for them how they should live with one another, the kinds of relationships that would be appropriate and others that would be inappropriate. He detailed for them the types of food that they could eat and the types of food they could not eat. And the greatest part of the law was that he revealed to them how they could approach him through the sacrificial system. You see, God wanted to dwell among his people. God has always wanted to dwell among his people. He, he would visit Adam in the garden in the cool of the day. And he wanted to live among Israel in the, in the wilderness. And he wants to live among us this, this morning and in our hearts today. But you see, God being holy cannot live in the presence of a wickedness or sinful people. I should say really that we can't live in the presence of a holy God. 
If you and I were to go into the presence of God and not, not have been uh, made right with God, we would, we would die in his presence because nothing can uh, endure such a holy and righteous God. And so because he wants to dwell with Israel, but, but their sin has separated him from them, so he created the law. He gave them the law, and the law was a forerunner, a picture of what was going to come in his son Jesus Christ. And so the Lord gave to them this law. And the law uh, being the, the only means by which man could approach God. Although the law had some requirements that were hard to handle and difficult to understand. And uh, some of those things while uh, they are, we are no longer under the law today. The principles of the law still remain. One of the hardest parts of the law I've read to you this morning is found here in Numbers chapter 5. God said there would be three categories of people that would be outcasts and untouchable. Three categories of people that were not allowed let, uh, in, the, in the camp of Israel and they were not allowed in the temple courts. These three classes of people would be uh, outcasts of the community. They would be also considered untouchable so that if anyone touched them, they would become unclean and also become an outcast and unable to go to the tabernacle to offer worship and sacrifices to God. These three categories of people I read to you this morning were the leper, people with a discharge, and people who had touched the dead. I want to begin this morning by talking about the leper because the leper is an Old Testament picture of a reality that still exists in the world today. Leprosy is an incurable uh, disease. And in the Bible, leprosy is used as a perfect representation of the nature and character of sin. You see, when you, when you look at leprosy, leprosy always has the same effect. Leprosy separates man from other men and it separates man from God. Anyone in the Old Testament that had leprosy was to be left out of the camp. If he was a husband, he had to leave his wife. If he was a father, he had to leave his children. He had to leave his career, his job, his possessions and live outside of the camp so as not to contaminate the rest of the nation of Israel. And not only was that the case, but the leper could also not appear at the house of God so he had no ability to access God or have communion with God. You may have observed that our Jewish friends, they wear a little round uh, head covering on their heads, the men, the men uh, do, and that is called a yarmulke or a kippah. That little covering on their head was a, 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 a part of the law of Moses, and that covering represented that they were covered from the wrath of God, that they were covered from the ire and the burning wrath of a holy God. And yet for a leper, the leper was not allowed to wear the head covering. It represented that he was exposed to the wrath of God. He was exposed to the ire of God's fury against sin. And so we find in the leper a good picture, a perfect picture of sin. Because you see, just like leprosy, sin will always separate you from other men. Sin will separate husbands from wives. It will separate fathers and mothers from their children. Sin will separate the family members and, and cause division. Even right in the Garden of Eden, when sin came into man, we see that the immediate cause was separation from God and separation from Eve. When the Lord came into the Garden of Eden, he said to Adam, Adam, why have you covered yourself like this? Who told you you were naked? And he said, Lord, the woman that you gave me, she gave me the fruit and I ate. Immediately sin brought separation between him and his wife. He was now blaming Eve for his troubles. 
And then it brought separation between him and God. And that separation has persisted until this day. That is the very nature of sin. That is why we cannot afford to play with sin. That is why we cannot afford to, to uh, be friendly with sin because sin always costs us more than we can afford to pay. It always takes us further than we want it to go. Sin is destructive. Sin is, is death to the, to the believer. And sin has already caused death in the life of the unbeliever. And so, just like these lepers, the sinner... All of us, the Bible says, are sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we are separated from God because of our sin. However, we read in the book of Luke that there was a leper who heard that Jesus had come into the city where he resided. This leper heard that Jesus had come through and no doubt had heard the story of how Jesus had healed other people. And how, how Jesus perhaps had cleansed other lepers. And so he did what he was not allowed by the law to do. He came and he approached Jesus. The law said he was an outcast. The law said that he was untouchable. But he came and he approached Jesus. And we read this morning what Jesus did when he saw this leper. The first thing the leper did was he came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. I want you to notice two things there. First of all, he came to Jesus. He didn't go to the priest at the temple. He didn't go to the, to the rabbis in the synagogues. He went to Jesus. Can I tell you, friend, if you want healing from the leprosy of sin, there is only one place that you can go. There is only one person that you can go to. Don't come to Pastor Isaac. I can't forgive you of your sins. Don't go to the Pope. He can't forgive you of your sins. Don't go to Mary. She can't forgive you of your sins. Don't go to Abraham. He can't forgive you of your sins. Only Jesus, only Jesus can deliver you and make you free from the power of sin. And then we read that he says, if you are willing, he comes to Jesus. He says, make me clean. There's something on the inside of him that says, God, I want to be right. I want to be clean. I want to be pure. I believe this morning that the spirit of God speaks to our hearts and he puts that same desire in our hearts. There are some of you who maybe have been walking a path that is ungodly. You've been walking down a place that has led you to bondage and fear and anxiety. you led down a place that has led you to addictions, a, a place that has led you to bondage, a place that has led you to chains. But can I tell you this morning, I know God hears the cry of your heart that says, God, I want to be clean. God, I want to be free. God, I want to be whole. And guess what his answer is for you this morning? I am willing to make you clean. I am willing to make you whole. You see, Jesus is the only one that can clean up the dope addict. Jesus is the only one that can clean up the sex addict. Jesus is the only one that can deliver the depressed and the discouraged. Come on, somebody. Jesus is the only one that can lift you up out of the trash heap and make you a jewel and a prince in the household of faith. Somebody give God praise for his son, Jesus Christ. That's why this morning I say, give me Jesus. Because only Jesus can make you clean. Now notice what happens. It's just so significant, so important. The Bible said that Jesus reached out and touched him. Say, wait a minute. What happened here? The law says you cannot touch a leper. He's an outcast. He's untouchable. 
Let me tell you, friends, there's some who the world has made outcasts and whom the world has made lepers. But can I tell you, Jesus does not mind touching the outcast. And Jesus does not mind touching the untouchable. He reached out and touched him. And the moment that he touched the leper, Jesus did not become a leper. Jesus did not become unclean. But instead, the leper became clean. The leper became whole. Can I tell you something? When Jesus touches you, Jesus can make you whole. Somebody ought to get excited this morning because Jesus is coming through Kingsway Church and he wants to touch your life and he wants to make you whole somebody say touch me Jesus you see the touch of the hand of Jesus was like no other man you see other men natural men if they had touched that man they would have become a leper like him but Jesus was no ordinary man he was the son of the living God he came with healing and power for those who would believe and for those who would trust in him, and when he touched that man, he healed him in that very instant, that very moment. Let me tell you, friend, when you give your life to Christ, when you confess your sin to Jesus, and he washes away your past, he washes away your history, and he gives you a fresh start, it happens in that very moment. Jesus can save you and make you whole and make you clean today. All you have to do is call upon him. Let him touch you. Let him be the one that lays his holy and gracious hand upon your life. You know, we read on in the Gospel of Luke, and we find the second case of the untouchable and the outcast. This time, it's a woman. In, in chapter 8 of Luke, we find this woman who is a suffering from an issue of blood. She has a 12-year-long hemorrhage. Now, I don't like being sick at all, ever, for a few minutes or even a couple of days. But she had been sick for 12 years. That's a long time. That's a long time to be sick. And the Bible said that she had spent her money on doctors. And instead of getting better, she grew worse. Have you ever been in that place where you go trying to find the remedy and instead of getting better, you get worse? This woman was trying every single thing she could to find a solution, a, a healing for her. And there was no solution. There was no healing for her body. There was no deliverance from this infirmity. And then the Bible said that she heard that Jesus was coming through town. And when she heard that Jesus was coming through, ta through town, something happened inside of her because when she heard that, faith started growing on the inside of her. The Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She heard the word of God. She heard the word that Jesus was coming by. And faith started to come up in her heart, in her soul. Can I tell you this morning that if you need a miracle, you've got to exercise your faith. You've got to stir up your faith. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? You've got to get in the word. Get in the preaching of the word. Hear the teaching of the word. Study the word for yourself. Open your Bible and read the Bible. Why? Because the word of God is what is edifying and building up your faith every single day. Listen, if you read the newspaper, the newspaper can't build your faith. If you read magazines, the magazine 
vaccines can't build your faith. If you watch the news, you're going to get discouraged. That can't build your faith. You watch some soap opera or something on Netflix, that's not going to build your faith. But the word of God will build up your faith and cause you to know and to believe God is on my side. God can do something on my behalf and God is able to heal. And then the Bible said the next thing she did was she thought to herself. How many of you think? How many of you think out loud? Don't worry, this is not an altar call. I'm just, I'm just asking a question. We all do it, right? You know, when I talk out loud to myself, I call myself reverend. It's like, come on, reverend, get with it, right? And, and that's maybe how, how you and I do it sometimes. We have these conversations and we, we talk out loud. It helps us process. She started to think and she said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I can be healed. She said, if I could just get to Jesus and touch him, I could be healed. Now, the law said she couldn't go among the other people. And the law said that she could not touch anybody or they would become unclean. But she had it in her mind. If anybody can heal me, it could be Jesus. She made this decision to go out and find Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this because she had been sick for 12 years. And after 12 years of sickness... You're not, only, you're not only emotionally and, and uh, spiritually drained, but you are physically drained, exhausted, unable to, to even move from one side of the room to another. Maybe that was her condition. She was at the end of her rope, and she knew if I don't touch Jesus, I'm going to die. She knew she was in a desperate situation. At the very end of her life, she needed to touch the master. And so she made that tremendous effort to get out amongst the people, to get out amongst the crowd, and to touch Jesus. Can I tell you, friends, sometimes when you need a miracle, it's going to take a little bit of effort. Some people want to sit on the front porch and just wait for their miracle to arrive. Some people just want to sit and wait for things to happen in their life. But you know, you're going to have to make an effort. You're going to have to say, you know what, this morning I'm getting out of bed. I'm going to the house of God. You know what, this morning I'm not just going to listen to the singing. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship God. You know what, I'm not just going to let everybody else raise their hands. I'm going to raise my hands too. It takes a little bit of effort. To get, uh, to get in a place where you can be in position to receive what God wants to give to your life. And you made that effort this morning. You made the effort to come to the house of God to hear the word of God. And maybe your thought this morning is, Lord, if you don't do something this morning, it's going to be bust this week. I've got to have a miracle. I've got to have a change in my life. Can I tell you, there's a shift coming in your direction. God is on the move. God has a plan and a work for your life. And to, this morning, you have positioned yourself to say, God, I need a touch from heaven. She did that. She went out into that crowd. And you know, the streets in Jerusalem or in the, in the, in the ancient world are very narrow. And so there's a lot of bumping and a lot of uh, pushing and pulling as you try to get through a crowd. And so Jesus is, is going through this crowd, and this multitude is with him. And this woman is trying to get to Jesus. And you know the story. Finally, she reaches out, and she touches the hem of his garment. Now, she wasn't supposed to touch him. And maybe, according to the law of Moses, when she touched him, he would have become unclean. But the fact was that when she touched him, Jesus didn't become unclean. She became clean. She became whole. The Bible said that immediately she sensed that healing had come into her body. Immediately she knew something was different in her life. Something had changed. And then Jesus stopped the entire parade. And he said, stop 
Everybody stop. He said, somebody touched me. And, you know, Peter had to speak up because Peter was the know-it-all of the disciples. And he said, Lord, you know, we're in a crowded space. Of course somebody touched you. Everybody's touching you. We're all in these streets trying to get through, Lord. This is not the time to be OCD about things, all right? You've got you to gotta just go with the flow. And Jesus said, no, Peter, I know that somebody touched me because I felt power come out of me. I felt virtue come out of me. Come on, somebody. This is what I want to. This is what I want to happen this morning. I want the Lord to say in heaven, "Hush, hush, hush." Everybody, be quiet. Be quiet. What happened, Lord? Somebody touched me. Well, Lord, it's Sunday morning. Everybody's touching you. No, no, no. This was a different touch. Somebody drew power out of me. Somebody brought a miracle out of me. Come on, that could be you this morning. Reach out and touch the Master with your faith. She was made whole at that very moment. Because of the healing touch of Jesus. And we have one more outcast. We find them just a few verses later. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was going through that crowd, he was on the way to the house of Jairus. Jairus had come to Jesus because his daughter was very sick. And there's nothing in the world as terrifying for a parent than to have their child be sick. You can be sick and you manage, but when your child is sick, when your child's in need, it's desperate. How many of you know what I'm talking about? She was desperate. She was dying. And Jairus was her father. He went out to find Jesus. He had him on the way. Jesus was moving with him. He was going with him, but then suddenly Jesus stops to deal with this woman. But this issue of blood and, and time passes and crucial, critical minutes pass. And the woman gets her miracle, but Jairus receives a word from a servant that says, your daughter has died. Don't bother the master. Let it go. It's over now. We have to plan a funeral. Jairus, I'm sure, when he heard those words, his heart sank and he, he felt like he had lost his whole world. To have to bury a 12-year-old little girl. His daughter was dead. She was now an outcast. She was now an untouchable. Maybe this morning you have a son or daughter that is dead, spiritually dead, who has no relation to God, no connection to God or to you even. Maybe this morning your heart is broken because of that. Maybe you think if they had just gotten to Jesus a little sooner. If, if God had just done something miraculous a little earlier, this thing wouldn't have been the same. Can I tell you, friend, Jesus didn't look at that situation and say, well, too bad, Jairus. I didn't make it. But rather he said, don't worry about it, Jairus. Take me to where she is. Because you see, if Jesus can cleanse a leper and if Jesus can heal an issue of blood, Jesus can raise the dead too. He is the resurrection and he is the life. Somebody say amen in the house of God. Listen, friend, there is no problem a man can have greater than death. Listen, I know we all have problems, right? We all have problems, but nobody has a problem quite as serious as death. That's the last enemy of man. But Jesus is greater than your greatest enemy. I said Jesus is greater than your greatest enemy. He came into that house where that little girl was. They had laid her out in that bed 
having been in that situation so many times as I have seen people laying in their hospice bed, I know what that scene would have looked like, the sheet drawn over her body, preparing her for departure. Jesus walks into that room. The Bible said that he laid his hand upon her hand. He touched her. And he said, little girl, I like it in Spanish, it says, muchacha. Little girl, arise. The Bible said that immediately her spirit returned to her. I don't know where her spirit was. Her spirit was marching on to glory. But then it heard the voice of Jesus. And it had to come back to her body because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Listen, I don't know what's dying in your life. I don't know what's dead in your life. But I know that Jesus is able to revive. And Jesus is able to restore Jesus, his touch, his hand, his power on behalf of those who believe. Will you touch him today? Will you let him touch you today? This ought to be the cry of every one of our hearts. Lord, I need your touch. I need the touch of heaven in my life. I need the touch of glory on my life. This needs to be our prayer this morning to say, Holy Spirit, come and do that work in me that no one else can do. Oh, Holy Spirit, give me Jesus. Give me a touch of Jesus because my soul needs revival, because my mind needs transformation, because my heart needs mending. And friend, Jesus is willing this morning. You say, but pastor, I'm an outcast. You don't know my story. You don't know where I've been. You say, pastor, I'm, I'm an untouchable. I've been considered an outcast by my family. Can I tell you, Jesus doesn't know an outcast. Jesus doesn't know an untouchable. Jesus knows those whom he loves. And the Bible said that God so loved the whole world. That means every single person in this room is an object of the love and compassion of a good and gracious God. And he wants to lay his hand upon you this morning. And he wants to touch you. If you are in sin, he wants to bring you out of sin and give you salvation from your sin and right standing with God. If you are sick, he wants to heal you. If you are discouraged, he wants to bring encouragement to your life. And if you have dead dreams and dead hopes and dashed Dust promises. God says, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the one that can make up for the time you've lost, for the time you've wasted, for the time that you have given away. God says, I'll make up for all of that if you'll let me touch you and make you whole. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to invite you to come into this altar. And we're going to just take this time in this altar to say, Lord, I need a touch from heaven. I need a touch from heaven this morning. You know, even babies, science tells us that they need to be touched and held in order to mature healthy and, and on, on God's schedule. And our spirit man needs the touch of God. It's what gives life to us, to be in his presence. To be transformed by him. So if you're hungry for God this morning, if you're hungry for a touch of heaven this morning, would you just come into this altar? Just find a place to pray and to seek the face of God and to say, Lord, touch me. Manifest your glory on my life. 
Maybe some of you this morning are desperate. You're at your wit's end. You don't have any other recourse. But Jesus, he is the recourse. Jesus is the, the source of all the joy and all the glory that your life needs. Come on, if you're sick, we're going to pray for healing this morning. If you're lost, we're praying for salvation this morning to come into your life. Come on, just come with, with faith toward God. Tell Him, Lord, help me, heal me, touch me. I want you, I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus.